We talk a lot about growth on this show, but something that's often overlooked is one of the most important impacts on growth, and that's your customer support and the experience you create for your customers after the sale. And I, I think it's really interesting because a lot of times our focus on them and how we take care of them happens a lot on the sales side. But once they sign up, we kind of pull back a little bit. and We don't quite give them the same level of support and the same experience. Fortunately, Daniel Badu is here. He's from Support Zebra, and they're doing great things in making sure that that support experience is fantastic. He lays out a bunch of the things we should be thinking about, a bunch of the metrics we should be focusing on for our customers, and how to set up your support team to make sure that they are fantastic so that that level of experience stays consistent all the way through. Check it out. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. And welcome to Scale Your SaaS. I am super excited to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. You don't want to miss out on any of the cool guests that we have coming up. Some great help for getting you to scale your company. By the way, if you like the show, we're looking for reviews. Please go review it. Whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple or Spotify or any of the others, definitely go review the show. That will help us get the word out and let me know, are we actually helping you the way that you need? So please go put that in there. I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm here with Daniel Viduya. Daniel, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me today, Mac. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. And let me make sure everybody knows who you are, Daniel. So Daniel, he's the vice president of growth at Support Zebra. And what they're doing, they have a headquarters in Houston, Texas, and they have a no-nonsense management style, cutting-edge call center paradigm that focuses into sales and marketing, customer support, and technical support. So we're going to talk a bit about outsourcing and when to do it, why to do it, and why not to do it. A lot of those things. Daniel is the expert at it. In fact, he has specialties in high-level relationships, client services, operations and team management, coaching, accountability, lots of things, you name it. So, Daniel, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me again, Matt. And that was a mouthful right there, but <laughs> happy to help and happy to share more of my knowledge. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, first things first, tell me what's going on with you guys lately and what's coming up? Yes, um, Support Zebra is entering in its, into its 12th anniversary next month in February. So we have been around for 12 years, so that is exciting. Um, but apart from that, we have just crossed the 1,200 employee mark. So we are homegrown BPO. And so we started just from a small team of Filipino members, and then we started growing and growing and growing. And 12 years down the line, we are self-sustaining. We have grown more than a 1,000. We have recently opened another floor in one Providence in our office in the Philippines. And so many exciting things coming for sure. And that's why I'm also traveling right now. I'm actually in the Philippines. It's 2 o'clock in the morning as we speak right now. <laughs> and so um, it's because I'm visiting our office and just... Um, I'm enjoying our time with the team. That's so cool. Uh, it's fun to see it grow over that time. And by the way, thanks for staying up super late with us. That's super, super oh, no, great. I of you, work but... at this time here. It's, it's normal for me. We work in a graveyard shift. And so I work in you as hours. And so this is normal for me. <laughs> okay. Well, no worries. Uh, I'm still glad to have you here. Uh, yes. I, I want to talk to you about that growth. I mean, did you ever see it getting this big? You know, 
I, I've not been around for as long as our some of our team members have been. But getting the feedback from our team members, they never thought that this would happen. I mean, being homegrown, you would think that, you know, this is something that would be slow. This is something that might not succeed as a startup. They did not know what was going to happen. Um, but when they see where they are now versus where they were before and what they've shared and what has been achieved, um, it was indeed a surprise, you know, for, for, for some that, wow, we have done this. But it was not a kind of a surprise that, w- that came with doubt, but it was a positive surprise that, look, out of our hard work and effort, who knew that the doubts that we had before and the worries that we had before would actually simply go away. And now that we come to think of it, we just laugh about it because why did we have to worry in the beginning when we knew that, our hard work would actually pay off. And so it was not a surprise to many, but rather it was a, I, I think it was um, a pat on the back and, and you know, just wiping the sweat yeah. off your forehead. <laughs> Good point. And it's so fun when, when you know that hard work and persistence and vision, when you put those together, it can do some great things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's more detail to that that we could dive in, um, in for sure later. I have some bits and pieces that I'd love to share with you. Okay, cool, cool. I'm excited for that. But tell me, you know, what exactly is Support Zebra doing and, and who are you guys helping? Yes, um, Support Zebra is an outsourcing company um, that helps e-com and software as a service clients with their customer support, technical support, back office support, processing, anything that you think that could be outsourced that is time consuming, costly, and just laborious, they could outsource that to us and we do the legwork for them as what it is. That's who we are. But what sets us apart is a little bit more on the side of how we do our job. So we don't just do the job that he tells us to do, but we take that a mile further by also improving the job that he gives to us. And we find ways to improve your processes, your business, by creating playbooks, by forging a strong partnership that would really increase your investment with us, but also just improving the business overall. And that's why we don't call our customers clients. We actually call them service partners because that's how critical we take their business with us. We take that as our own, consider that as our own, and we try to give more than what they're just asking for. Gotcha. Okay. I love that. It's such a good, good philosophy to have. I want to know, if you're a business leader, when should you start thinking about outsourcing? When should you say, oh, okay, maybe we should look into this? Yeah, it's a it's a question that I that that's not new to me. And so the science to outsource comes when you start struggling with scalability, number one, but number two is under that scalability is consistency. So why do I say consistency? Um I think that that's the most important factor to consider here because as a business leader decides to scale his team, his company, the support that they have, normally when they start with a small team, that knowledge is internalized. And so when that knowledge is internalized with just a few people, you get to develop this star, you know, this this group of stars and, and people that are actually very good with your product. But there's one problem here. When you start hiring new people, maybe internally onshore or offshore, the problem is the consistency piece. The knowledge that was imparted to your first batch of team members, of customer support team members that were stars, is not really parted to the other new people equally. Or there may be conflicting information, there may be different ways of how they teach the product, and so the consistency becomes a problem. 
And when you try to scale your business because your customer base is growing, when your LTV is already increasing and when your revenue is increasing, when that consistency is compromised, then you see a potential problem for churn, for lack of consistency, or perhaps um, bad feedback for for the lack of consistency. It just all comes into place. And so when you see that problem popping up, and that's where outsourcing could be the right solution for you. Number two is when you start scaling your team, the cost comes with it. When you have two people, two people who handle your customer support, it's not as costly because there's a the knowledge there, there's, there's the personal one-on-one there. But then what if you need 10 people? What if you need 15 people? Mm. What if you need 20 people? How will you train them? How will you manage them? How will you track their performance? How would you extend support with ancillary services like WFM, like workforce management, quality, um, HR services, so the, all of these things? You need to allocate time and money for them as well. And when that becomes a problem for you, that's when it is also a sign for you to start outsourcing this because outsourcing companies would have dedicated teams that would be able to support that growing team that you actually have. I love it. That's such great information. And if you're looking for you know, an outsourcing partner, how should somebody determine which one might be best for them? What, what type of things should they look for? Yes. Um, Honestly, the number one factor that you should look for any service partner is the capability to be able to do the job well. And that's hard to define. That's very subjective. So allow me to dive in further what that looks like. I'm um, going back to the saying earlier. And so I'm not saying that support zebra is only support zebra with the way that we do. But when you find a service partner, you have to find out how, f- how far are they willing to take the job that you're going to be going to be giving to them. Are they simply going to do the job that you've asked them to do and that's it, they call it a day? Are they willing to throw in more support and services that would be able to improve the job? Do they have any proven success and track record with client relationships? That's number one. It's just simply how they do the job. But number two is also in the flexibility um, in their contract terms. A lot of the BPOs and businesses that I've spoken to, that I've been with, work myself have very strict contract terms. You may need to start with a huge number of people. You may need to start with a long-term contract such as annual contracts. You may need to start with a six-month down payment. You need to find a service partner that has flexible contract terms that works for you and your business. Don't restrict yourself to a large contract when you know that there's just a risk that you can't commit to that just yet. So finding that right service partner in the contract Uh, flexibility is also another one. But um, number three is in terms of culture, it just plays a a big role in your company too. You need to find a service partner and an outsourcing company that fits your culture, your vision, Mm -hmm. your, your, your principles and values. Why do I say that? Many of the companies that I'm speaking to right now that I've spoken to have this, um, you know, um, it's a, I, I, I've lost the term. It's, it's, it's something about a type B culture beats. It's, it has something to do with corporate social responsibility and the capability to have their integrity and, 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 and their, and their, and giving back to the community in place. If you're after for that certification, if you're after for that type of culture, you need to find a service partner that is able to prove that otherwise 
it just puts your certificate, your own certification at risk. So I've seen that um, with some companies, but also value wise, just culture wise. Are you looking for a company that has integrity in their place? Are you looking for a company that also has humility in their place? You know, these are just some of the things that are really crucial to you. When you start working with a service partner that is contradicting your personal and moral values, you're going to find it hard to sustain that relationship down the line. So that these are just some of the things that you need to find in a service partner that would really help you forge um, that relationship. I think those are the three things that I um, I encourage our listeners to start looking for when they start, you know, when they want to start outsourcing. That's great. That's some really good stuff. So I want to talk about customer service, customer support. How hmm. can customer support and customer resolution, whether it's good or bad, impact sales and growth? It's, how can I start this definition? There's a direct impact there, is all I could say. There's a direct impact is a simple answer. Um, I'm not sure if you've read this book already, Matt. Um, have you heard of The Ultimate Question 2.0? No. It's written by Fred Reichelt. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. Um, the Ultimate Question is simply linked to NPS. You know, how likely is my customer... I'm going to refer a friend, a colleague, or someone he knows to my company, to my brand. Mm. Um, that in itself tells you how the way you treat your customers would impact your growth. And it's so funny because we spend a lot of money trying to grow our marketing efforts so that we could grow our revenue when, in fact, there's just free marketing right there when you treat your customers right. Growth mm-hmm. will come naturally when you treat your customers well. Their lifetime value increases when you treat them like VIPs. And mm-hmm. moreover, they bring in more business when you give them an authentic and great customer experience. That's how customer experience has a direct impact with your revenue and sales. Treat them right, and it just flows right in. I love it. So true. It's really, really good information. So if we're measuring customer support or customer resolution performance. You, you talked about NPS, but are there other metrics that can really create an accurate picture of performance? Yes, um, there are lead measures and lag measures, but I really encourage our listeners, our audience, you know, for them to focus on different types of customer metrics that measure the customer's temperament, to measure their, um, their opinion and their thoughts about your business. And so it could be NPS, it could be CSAT, um, it could be voice at a customer, whichever it may be. But there are other metrics that could tell us the efficiencies that our team members are exerting to be able to lead them to that, which is mm-hmm. number one, we could talk about average handling time. How efficient are they in handling the customers? When I say when I say that, when they get to you on the phone or on the chat, how efficient were you? How effective were you with their time? Because if there's one thing that I personally, you and I both, Matt, could probably relate to this and same with our listeners is that, look, something has been broken, something has been fixed. You could compensate me with a thousand dollars, but if I just lost 12 days trying to resolve this, that's just a significant amount of time that I've spent trying to fight this, right? You Mm -hmm. can buy many things. You could buy jewelry. You could buy the most expensive car, but you can never buy back time. Time is that Mm. piece of treasure that is that has no value or rather cannot be bought. So 
handling um, your time your time efficiency and handling something is very important. Um, number two metric that I highly encourage for them to check here is also the volume and the wait time. This is something that is not discussed normally. The, the many of them would say, why not go for quality? Why not go for, you know, this and that? But wait time is actually very important. How long mm-hmm. have your customers been waiting on the phone for them to be able to get help? Um, um, an example would be, I'm a fan of... Um, this airline that I normally fly with. I love them. They have great food, great service, great seats, great everything. They're on time and everything. There's just one problem (laughs) that I have with them is when I call them, I need to wait on the phone two hours to be able to get help. Two hours. And I'm left with no choice. But because I love them so much, it's it's just that it's it, it's that, and so every time that I book a ticket, I have my doubts and reconsiderations. Like, should I be should I be flying with them again, or should I be flying with another airline? It's the mm-hmm. same with your customers, right? How long have I waited to get this fixed? They're going to probably reconsider as they renew their contract with you, or when they when they pay the bills. Like, should I be paying this again next month and expect that I, you know, it's it's that. So wait time is actually a metric that you need to consider um, mm-hmm. as a as a, as a factor on how you could get great customer experience because some customers they just come in pissed when they enter you because it's not your fault. It's simply because they've been waiting for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's num- uh, that's number two. The number three tangible metric that you should also be looking for is first call, first chat, first email resolution, simply the resolution. Have mm-hmm. you given a bandaid resolution or have you given a resolution that they're truly looking for? Um, many a times I have been disappointed with bandaid resolutions as a consumer. And that did not end well with me nor with the provider that I've chosen to go with before. Mm-hmm. Bandaid solutions never work. Bandaid solutions cost your for your customers to call back, email, chat again, and they come more upset every single time. Sure. When that happens, it just diminishes the entire experience and costs as a possible churn. These are the three main metrics that I consider most important um, apart from NPS or CSAT. You have to focus on these metrics, and they can be measured. They can truly be measured. AHT can be measured by the systems that you're using. Um, the wait time can be measured by forecasting and workforce management. And um, finally, first call resolution, first chat email resolution can be measured by the systems you're also using. Define a standard of how long you don't want them to call or go, go back to you and see how that turns out. So these are the three main metrics that I think you should start measuring that can help you define and change your customer experience. Yeah, that's good. I super am grateful that you laid it out and I totally agree. What tips would you have for anybody in the software game or software leaders on, on how to run their, their support team or you know, even if it's internal or external outsourced, mm-hmm. you know, what tips can you give for making sure you deliver that consistency that you talked about earlier on? Great question. Um, with the software industry and with the software um, leaders that I've spoken to before, um, a lot of them ex- expressed a common sentiment that the dimension, um, the it starts going down after the sale. Mm-hmm. So it's a post-sale problem. Um, and how? Why does that happen? It normally happens because when they started buying the software, when they were sold the software to begin with, it was all shining, shimmering, and splendid. It was all with rainbows and sprinkles. <laughs> so, you know, it was presented to you in a nicely, nicely wrapped box. When you open a box, it's like, boom, I'm not happy with it. 
Then mm-hmm. comes the silence and all the shiny, shimmering, splendid <laughs> words go away. That's yeah. when the problem really starts. When you develop a process that allows you to check in with your customer post-sale, when you give them a white glove experience, regardless of what their thoughts are about the product once they've received it or once they've used it, you can guarantee that you could still keep them for as long Mm -hmm. as you know how to fix it. That's the problem. Normally, there is no follow-through after the post and on on the post-sale stage. Normally, there is silence on a post-sale stage. That makes them feel neglected, or at at worst, that makes them feel like they were bamboozled, and that's what they don't like. So when you're still there, when you're holding their hand post-sale and there's a problem, you could still keep them if you know how to fix the problem and when you present yourself proactively. That's number one. Number two is with the consistency of experience comes the, um, the guarantee. Is there a guarantee that what you've given to them from the beginning is actually working? So in short, it's simply the integrity of the sale. Are you going to be honoring that guarantee? Are you going to be um, presenting yourself proactively about that guarantee? That's number two. And finally, um, this is a very touchy point, which many of the listeners might disagree with, or they might also agree with. But in my experience, I've worked with many industries before. I was also a customer service representative for a specific software before, but I was bound to by the rules and the, you know, the rules of the companies. Like you have to do this. You have to sustain this. If this is the policy, this is the policy. But as a brand leader, as, as a leader, I highly encourage you to encourage your team members that if your customers do have a valid complaint, and even if they were bound by policy, you should ask yourselves, is this policy actually doing right by your customers? Mm. Mm. And the reason why I say this is that that actually affects your brand overall. Some customers have raised out, you know, have raised a very valid point that they do have a problem with the product. See, for example, you know, the, the, the software that has been given to them was, was actually not working even after a certain period of time. But then, you know, Mm. see, for example, they bought a software, there's three month guarantee on three and a half weeks. It no longer works where clearly it was not an error that they committed, but simply it was a software itself. Should we not be giving them doing right by them by replacing that software, giving them a, a, a refund or I may go in length here and say like this cell phone, the cell phone right here, you know, this cell phone that I'm not going to mention a name for ethical purposes, this cell phone and this computer that I'm using says, look, this computer should last you long. The reason why you should be investing money in this computer is that we could do better. You know, this would outlive the other competing computer that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And one year down the line, I find out that the battery life is already diminishing or that the software doesn't, is not compatible with Zoom. And I have to actually shell out a significant amount of money just to be able to roll back to the other software and recover everything. And I call, look, is there any compensation I could get here? Is there any additional support I could get here? No, because you were not covered by this specific coverage. You can no longer get it. Mm, Was it right? Exactly. So was it right? By policy, yes, they were bound to do that. But was it actually right? Right? That's the thing. Mm -hmm. So even if they are bound by policy, consider yourselves to give great customer experience are you doing right by your customers by bounding yourself to this policy, by binding yourself to this policy? If not, you might want to revisit that 
or you might want to negotiate um, with your customers. That's just my advice. I love it. I think it's great advice. I hope everybody out there takes it wholeheartedly. This has been fun. The time has just flown by. I've just been soaking up everything you've been saying, Daniel. I want to make sure everybody gets to know you and support Zebra. So how best can they learn more? Um, they can reach out to me through LinkedIn. I'm available through LinkedIn. You can find me, Daniel Vaduya, or they, I could also go ahead and give a link where they could meet me. And they don't necessarily have to sign up for Support Zebra if they just have any questions, any burning concerns that, you know, talk about their brand. I'm happy to give that advice. It doesn't have to be um, a sale every single time. So I hereby promise that I'm not going to be a hard seller because that's not who I am. But simply, if you want to learn more about Support Zebra, if you want to learn more about our secrets, about what do we do and how do we make it work, happy to give that information to you. Should you want to take this internally? Should you want to apply this and solve your own problems? Happy to share everything that I know. Okay, perfect. And we'll make sure to put those links into the uh, description down below in the show notes. So, well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been great. This has been great too, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to leave this um, saying and you know, um, like philosophy to everyone here. Um, as you run your business, remember that humility and equality just ropes it all in together. When you treat your customers like humans, when you treat your team members like humans, when you humble yourself, everything will just come through all together. And when you do right by your customers, everything will just come through all together. When you give great customer experiences to your customers, your revenue will simply grow naturally. So that is all for me. Thank you for having me today, Matt. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was great having you here. And everybody else out there, thank you very much for being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you are subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. That way you're not going to miss out on any other leaders like Daniel sharing their experiences and their wisdom with you. So hit that, and then we will see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.